It was something I talked about on Wednesday, but uh, this week, one of the things that God was just reminding me of, you know, as far as for his words, is that he's my redeemer, or that he's our redeemer. And then the thing that he was reminding me, he's like, I'm your redeemer, so that lets you know that you are the redeemed. You are the redeemed. And the scripture says this um, in Psalms 107, you don't have to turn there, but it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. And so it kind of, kind of, it was, you know, it's just been an amazing, and just even that, that testimony right there is just so powerful, just as far as for the nature of God. Because it was on, it was on this Tuesday uh, this past Tuesday where, uh, you know, I, I shared it on Wednesday, but you, long story short, after cleaning and reorganizing the basement, after cleaning and reorganizing the basement, let me start it with this way. I always had it in my mind. It's like, man, you know, I need to get down to the basement and reorganize it and get it cleaned up. But then it was the week where we had a whole bunch of rain Come, y'all remember that week where it was like back-to-back days, two, three days in a row. It was a whole bunch of rain. And so now, next thing you know, my wife's getting ready to go out of town the following day. And I was like, well, man, let me just check downstairs. And I checked downstairs in the basement. And two different sides of the basement, I'm able to walk, and I'm getting splash, splash, splash. So it was water all over the basement. So now I'm like, man, now I actually have to clean up and reorganize. Now, isn't it amazing how you have a thought, but then you get put in a situation where you have to do what you've been thinking in the springtime? Don't get to that situation. (laughs) But needless to say, I had to organize, get boxes that were wet, and thankfully it wasn't any items, anything, nothing was damaged. It was just boxes that just had to be um, restored. So the items that were in boxes had to be restored in other plastic containers so that way it couldn't get wet. And it had to shift some things around, things of that nature. So in that process, there was this one box, wasn't wet, thankfully, but it was an old box that was busted up, and it had bills, bills, old bills, things of that nature. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got a plastic container, big plastic container that I got from Home Depot. And so now I started taking these things out and putting them in a container. And then once I get to the bottom of the box, I find our wedding album, which we haven't seen in over a year that we've been looking for. So I was blessing God. I was like, oh, yes, because it's a big book. And I'm just imagining, I'm like, man, this was something that was not in sight. But I wasn't going to be able to find it until I cleaned. I wasn't going to be able to find it until I shifted some old stuff out and reorganized and reorganized that was one part it was a second part that brought to my attention because you know I had borrowed a vacuum cleaner to suck up the water and the vacuum cleaner came with two attachments one I was able to get a bunch of water and it was it was a whole bunch of water so it was a shop vac so I'm sitting here pulling that and so now I'm cleaning up the water but then it also came with a second attachment because you know once you get in a cleaning zone you just want to start cleaning up everything right So I'm like, man, you know, I'm going to get ready to um, wash my wife's car while she's out of town. So that way when she gets back, it's all all nice and clean. Because she had been talking about, man, you know, I need to get my car clean and needs to be detailed. And I've been hearing it. I've been hearing it. But now it's going to be a great time to do it. So I want to be able to clean, to vacuum out her car. And so the shop vac has more suction. It has more power. And it has a separate attachment to it which was a nozzle, not that you would use for picking up water, but something that you would use for uh, cleaning out a vehicle. So now I'm looking all over for it, and I'm like, man, something else that I'm looking for now. I'm like, where, where is this? And I'm asking the girls, I'm like, girls, did y'all go in the basement? Did y'all play around? Did y'all mess up something? And they were just kind of looking at it like, nope. And they had that kind of note where I understood that it's like, no, they're telling the truth. They really did not touch this. They really do have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm bothered by it because now I have to go to a lesser vacuum cleaner, my own, to clean out, to clean out the uh, car. And the thing that made it more concerning, one, I knew that I had it, but it was misplaced. But two, this wasn't my attachment. <laughs> so when you misplace something that's not yours, there's a little bit more of a press of looking for something. Because, you know, we want to be a good steward 
over what we have possession to help us function and to use things, right? All right, so now I'm just kind of looking around and I, and I don't see it. So later on, I have a meeting uh, that night and then I have this thought. I have this thought, something I don't normally do, but I just had this distinct thought. It's like, man, you know what? Go ahead and have this meeting, uh, you know, because you're going to be on your laptop. You're going to be on the phone. Go ahead and go to the dining room and have a meeting at the table. So I'm like, okay. So I'm just sitting down. I'm just thinking it's me, thinking that it's just, good, that it's just a good idea. So now after having a meeting, I close the laptop and I look up and the very attachment that I was looking for was standing straight up on the table. It was a nozzle to the vacuum cleaner that was there the whole time that I walked past. Didn't see it until I looked up. But now all that to say this, because one thing that I, that I noticed, I was like, man, God, this is two things that I was looking for that I found in one day. It's like, God, that was very significant and it was very, prof it was very prophetic in my mind. But then, one other thing that just happened on yesterday, you know, because I've been, I've been running more, so I went out, I, I love this heat too, I've been loving this 80 plus 90 degree weather, so I went out in like one o'clock yesterday afternoon, I was feeling real good, I was like, man, let me get a good jog in, because you know, it helps me to breathe better. So now I'm sitting here running, and I have an armband to have my phone, and so that way I can listen to some things while I'm running. And on my armband, it has a little socket where I can put my house key in. So I don't have to carry all that kind of stuff. So now I'm running. And I'm running. My wife just gave me a look right there. So now I'm just running. And then I hear it, cling, cling, cling. And then I'm I kind of just turn around. I'm like, man, did I step on a nail or something? And then I just keep on running. So I just keep on running, thinking that I kicked something up, and then I get home after I run, totally drenched. And so I'm sitting there, and then I do some additional workouts, some push-ups, some things of that nature. And I'm getting ready to go inside the house because I'm hot, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, where's my key? I was like, I do not have my key. My wife is not here. And then, thankfully, I did have my phone, but then I realized, hey, you know what? I had this thought again. Anyone ever had this thought before, these type of thoughts? It's like, man, you know that clink, clink? Where you felt like you kicked something? That quite possibly could be the key that you need right now to get inside your house. So now with my extra tired self, because I did some additional workouts, and I'm walking back up the hill, and I was like, yeah, that's got to be the key. And I look down, and I see the key, pick it back up, get inside the house. I'm like, Lord, you are indeed my redeemer. Now... Afterwards, I'm like, God, this, this means something when you see this type of consistency of something that's being restored. So, so now I had to slow down again. It's like, God, I thought I had one rep type of revelation for, the, for the, uh, uh, finding the wedding album and then finding uh, the vacuum cleaner nozzle. But now with the key, God, what else? Because sometimes when stuff happens, it's more than just what you think it is. And so what he was sharing with me that's like, man, you know what? I have the intentions of redeeming multiple things in your lives and the lives of the people. I need to say that again. God has the very intention of redeeming. Redeeming is restoration, buying back, bringing things back to you. Now, here's one thing, because one thing I was like, man, God, thank you for restoring, you know, the wedding album that we've been looking for. And, you know, we were able to find it. We already had the box. We were like, man, where is this thing? But the thing... The thing about it was, he was like, man, you know what? It was more than just a wedding album. He's like, I'm redeeming marriages. I'm redeeming, if not just a marriage, I'm redeeming covenant relationships. Relationships that, that, that need redemption, things that need to be brought back together. I was like, oh, God, that is so good. Because one of the beautiful things that was about it, uh, you know, we realized that the girls, our girls haven't really seen our wedding album like talking about. And along with that, we actually all sat together and watched our, because we had a DVD of our entire wedding, including the reception. So we watched that. So that was real cool because my wife and I are going to be celebrating 15 years uh, next month. And so... <laughs> So it was just a real cool family moment for them to be able to see how this all started. And then we were just looking at, uh, we were just pausing. It was like, hey, girls, you see Elder Monica? Elder, Elder Monica, she's in there. We you saw Elder Gary at the reception and, and things of that nature. They were like, oh, my gosh. And then we were looking at ourselves. We were like, man, we look so young. <laughs> they were like, dad, you look so different. 
And for whatever strange reason, I was just blinking a whole lot that day. It was, I was blinking so much, it was distracting in the video. I was like, man, it was like, a, it was like a hummingbird wings I was blinking that much. I was like, what was I thinking? I wasn't nervous. It's like I knew I was marrying the right one. But anyways, <laughs> God's redeeming marriages and covenant relationships. Here's the other thing that I actually had. I was like, okay, God, so what about the vacuum cleaner? Because this attachment was an attachment to the vacuum cleaner, but it's something that's more narrow. It's something that's more narrow. So it's like God is redeeming your ability to focus. I wrote it down. He says, a vacuum is a state of isolation of outside influences. A vacuum. Not just because the vacuum has different definitions. So whatever you've been thinking about the vacuum as far as no, not that kind of vacuum. But you've ever heard this expression to put something in a vacuum? So to put something in a vacuum is a state of isolation from outside fluences, of influences. And then that nozzle, because it was more focused, it wasn't just a broad nozzle, it was something that's more narrow, but it says the, no, the nozzle helps direct the, the flow of air. It helps direct the flow of air. So all that, that there's a redeeming power to help us to focus and steward and direct the flow of resources. Narrowing this thing down. So God, even narrowing our focus so that way we can just properly direct the flow of resources, giftings, talents, abilities, times. All of these things are resources. Finances are resources. And then the third thing that was redeeming with the key there. As you run, God is redeeming access and opening doors for you to be right at home. <laughs> and then this is here's the other thing that he showed me that I thought was cool. He was like, son, you may have dropped your key, but you didn't lose it. I was like, wow. He's like, you may have dropped it for a moment, but you didn't lose it. Sometimes you need to go back to the place where you were running before pick the key back up, and then be able to open a door that God would have you. All this is prophetic now, because this is more than just, I was like, man, God, because you've redeemed these type of things that are very powerful and very significant. Redeeming relationships, redeeming focus, so that way we can direct flow, resources, things of that nature, and redeeming access, keys, gifting, so that way we're, we're right at home. <laughs> now, here was a word of wisdom that came to me in regards to this, because that was the prophetic insight, but this was the word of wisdom that came to me. And it's so simple, but so profound. And it says this, clean house. Now, that's not symbolic. That's not a symbolic statement. That's a literal statement. Clean your house. <laughs> organize what needs to be organized. If your basement needs to be organized, organize your basement. If your attic, if your office, whatever the case may be. But matter of fact, how does your car look? Clean. <laughs> and if it's not, then that's the word of wisdom because you can get prophetic insight, but prophetic insight, prophetic instructions come with conditions. God says, hey, I have intentions to do this if. You see that throughout the scriptures. God's intending to bless Israel if my people do this. If my people worship. So some of the things that might be hanging up, I wasn't even planning on saying this part, but some of the things might be hanging up, it's just all, it's just waiting for you to get on the other side of if. So now I'm not... <laughs> Saying that in a literal sense, but God flood us and don't let us go to where we have to do what you've told us to do. Some of the things that need to be straightened and fixed up around the house, something that might need to be painted, something that might, might need to be nailed, whatever the case may be. Get it done. That's the word of wisdom. Get it done because that means so much more than what you might realize. I'm sitting here thinking that I'm just organizing the basement, not realizing that God was organizing my mind. Why? Because this is a critical summer. 
This is a critical summer. I have to say this again. This is a very pivotal summer. And I don't even fully know the weight of what I'm saying, but I just know that it is important. That this summer is very important. This, very, this summer is very uh, positional. It's pivotal. It's pivotal as far as for how we think. As we've been talking about dominion thinking, just even today, uh, here as a leader. Hear the word of the Lord today, just understanding that you are a leader. Someone just say that right now. Say, I am a leader. You are absolutely a leader, so you got to hear with that. You got to hear with that insight. You got to hear with that instructions. This is one quote that I receive, and I think it's so good because this is a great summer to be able to get some things organized, get finances organized this summer, have a picture to know where stuff is going. This is a quote right here that you can write down. Anything out of order is out of grace and out of place. Anything out of order is out of grace and out of place because God is a God of order. This goes back to when he says let them have dominion, it's interesting how they got out of dominions when they had a different thought. <laughs> that changed their way of thinking. So get things in order. Here's another one of the beautiful things. When you have stuff in order, you can actually go on vacation and enjoy it. When things are in order, you can go on vacation and enjoy it and not have a bunch of disorganized problems along with you. That's one of the things where people are like, man, you know what? I've, I've, you get home from vacation, you just feel exhausted. It's like, man, what did I get away from? You got away, but you didn't get away. Because there were still things in the back of your mind or whatever the case may be. Or you, so you're away trying to enjoy the sun and you're thinking about, well, man, is this taken care of? Of what's going on with this? God wants us to be able to enjoy rest. Because we have to work. But then when we work, he wants us to be able to enjoy rest. But things have to be in order. And so a part of that with, 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 with dominion what do you think he placed Adam in the garden for? Go ahead, tend to it. Organize things. It's part of it. Seeing how he thinks. Part of his dominion thinking. A clean house and finances are often a reflection of your mind. I'll say that again. The condition of your house, your car, finances, etc., are often a condition of your mind. We think better in cleanliness. I'm going to say that again. We think better in cleanliness. I'll share this part as a creative person. You know, sometimes I, I, used, I used to have this thinking. Well, man, you know what? I just like stuff all spread out all over the place because, but then I don't want anybody to touch it because I know where my junk is. Don't move stuff because I know where that junk is. So when someone's trying to clean up, what are you doing? It's like, man, I'm trying to clean up. No, I knew where that was. But now as I, uh, as I, <laughs> well, as I started growing, I realized it's like, man, you know what? It's not order. It's just a reflection of your mind. It, and it's out of order. You might know where it is, but then that's just you being selfish. Your personal mess is selfishness. Strong, but it's so good. Because I said I was talking about me, but if you feel it, you feel it. <laughs> so the thing is, I had to organize. So now, and so... What we started training our daughters. One thing the Lord was telling me this, because kids, you know, are often, not, not every time, but sometimes they reflect you. And the stuff that you get mad at about them, the Lord's looking at you like, where do you think they got it from? And it's like, woo. So the Lord was telling me, he was like, now, as I'm sitting here cleaning up, he's like, I want you to be patient as your children are learning about keeping things in order and clean. Why? Because their minds are still growing. Like, their brains aren't even fully formed yet. They're still growing. So what you have to do as a leader is keep repeating. 
Because I realized, that's like, God, you know, I really have had challenges of repeating. I don't like repetition. And many of us don't like saying the same thing over and over again, but sometimes we find ourselves in the same situation year after year. That's so wow. Have y'all, it's just been some disciplining, God disciplining because he's been positioning. Why? Because I'm a son. Why? Because you're a daughter. So now we have to say some things that we've been saying over and over again, but now it's just, it's, it's, it's coaching. Because leadership is repetition. So now telling the girls, it's like, okay, girls, we got to clean up. Clean up your room. What is your routine? Every time you wake up, I know it's the summertime, but you're still supposed to make your bed when you get up in the morning. We're letting you sleep in a little bit later. Great. But that whole process of you getting up, making up your bed, br please brush your teeth every single day. That little stuff means something. It kind of helps. It's helping with the organizing of thought and thinking. Again, we talked about it before. We want to go from just having stuff being concept to being concrete. Concepts are stuff. It's like the Lord gave me this illustration. It's like wet cement. And at the opportunity that wet cement, what some people do, they either write their name on it or put their handprint in it. In other words, they personalize it. So when you hear the word first, you personalize it, but then you make it concrete by taking a word to whatever it is God is speaking to you, let it get solidified so that way you can walk on it. Because there's, 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 uh, it's, it has to be things that have to go from concept to concrete because we have a lot of concepts, we have a lot of ideals that God's like, hey, you know, it's all good, but now let's organize this thing. And it's not a, and it's not a frustration, but it's, it's, it's just his beauty. It's intent. He's intense about his love for us and his plan for us. So a junkie, disorganized environment isn't conducive for dominion thinking. It's not conducive for dominion thinking. I want to share this quote. This is from Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a very anointed, skilled scientist, doctor, who's been, who, who has so many years of research just talking about the mind and the brain, how they're distinct, but it's very important how we think. How we think is extremely important. So it says this, and this goes to the cleanliness of our environment. We merge with our environments because of the plasticity of our brains. Essentially, our brains responds to our minds, our thinking, feeling, choosing. Whatever we focus on the most will be wired into our brains and influence our mental and physical health. We need to pay attention to our external environments. We need to pay attention to our external environments. So in other words, having environments that are environments of peace. Having environments that are environments of order. And it's interesting because, you know, some, uh, again, I'm just reflecting right now. I would think, it's like, man, you know, I know where my mess is. But then if I go to a store and stuff is thrown out of place and out of order, you don't even want to shop there. You go in there, it's like, man, it's so hard. You ever go to, go to a place after there's like a big holiday or a sale or anything of that nature and stuff is just all scattered, disorganized? And you're like, oh, my gosh, this stuff ain't even, whatever. It's so hard to find stuff. It makes it a hard environment for people to be around. So now that's what the Lord is saying. It's like, you know, even with our thinking, we have to make sure that we are organized, that things, our thinking is in order. That our thinking is in order. Amen. It's like, God, why are you saying this now? Because he's got some things in store. <laughs> but God can't bless something that's out of order. This is all tying in because this goes back, it was either last Sunday when we talked about dominion thinking. We talked about the function of dominion. Our brains have to function. Our minds have to function. It was something, you know, I had to uh, drive uh, Prophet Doreen's uh, car to a certain place. And then this is how you know you got good leaders, good overseers. I'm just listening to the CD and it was Dr. Caroline Leaf. And it was so good that I actually had to drive a long ways because I'm sitting here listening for like 50 minutes now. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Oh, this is so good. And so my mind was getting fed. As I was cleaning the basement, 
I was listening to audio. I was listening to an audio book to help challenge my thinking. And I got spanked so good. Dealing with areas, not, we're just going to be straight up with finances. With finances. Why? Because God wants us well provided for. With resources so that way we can direct resources to where they need to go. Amen, Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not just the world that's supposed to... Come on now. But to be able to direct resources. Somebody say money. Supposed to have more than enough. Because this is how far out God thinks. God thinks. He's like... This is another thing that the Lord was challenging me as I was cleaning up. He's like, what kind of man are you going to be? I never had that kind of thought. What kind of man are you going to be? I was like, well, Lord, I want to be a good man. He's like, well, what did I say about a good man? A good man leaves an inheritance to his children and their children. And I was like, oh, wow. And then I'm just having this conversation with the Lord. Lord. I already thank you that they got the spiritual inheritance, God, but I'm going to give them some stuff, some substance. Why? Because I realized I went to, uh, after I graduated from college, I'm sitting here working on the campus, and there was one kid who was still a student. He was just working as an option. And I think I've shared this before, but his college was being paid for because of his grandparents, what was left behind for them. And he wasn't the only grandchild. I had never heard anything like that before. I was like, oh, that's possible? So now I'm like, God, you know, I want to be a good man to be able to leave something. So now he was like, so, so what are we going to do about this? Why? Because he has very, every intention for us to be a good man, but now he has to change my thinking. He's like, hey, you know, you've been thinking good for a certain part, but now you got you to you gotta step up. You've been thinking from one level. But now I'm redeeming some keys so that way you can access some new doors. So now you have to step up in how you think. And guess what that means? Discipling of thoughts. That means disciplining. That means hearing something I don't want to hear, but I need to hear it. So now as I'm organizing a basement, I'm hearing about um, how you need to save, how you need to handle your finances and things of that nature. And I'm like, man, Lord, man, you know what? I did that. He was like, yeah, you dropped the key, but you didn't lose it. Yes. It's like, yeah, the key fell out. You were running, fell out, but you didn't lose it. Pick it back up. Pick it back up. It's like, you got the key. Pick it back up, and I'll open some things. So now I'm listening to this audio book, and I was like, God, this is so good. And you know it's good because it's convicting you, but yet it's good because, you know, it is so identifying with who you are and where you need to be. Why does the church need to be in position and have resources? Because the world is going to fill it to where it's, it's going to be a pinch. It's going to be... Some tightness, squeeze. The Lord was reminding me because I've been through this before. He's like, yeah, you know what? Just in cycles. It's like, yeah, you know, you remember that recession a decade ago? It's like, yeah. He's like, remember how you did some investments and things of that nature? And I tried to give you some heads up ahead of time. It's like, yeah, God, you did give me that way of escape. But I didn't listen because everything seemed so good. Because, you know, when you start getting a, a, a nice summer check that you ain't never seen before, that's outside of your job. But now he was like, yo, I just want you to be preparing again so that way you understand how to direct resources for what's going to be coming. Now, I don't know when, but I know it's going to be something coming again. And we need to be people that are like Goshen. That where there's darkness in the world, that we need to be able to have resources and we can be able to speak some things. It's like, hey, you know what? Yes, we have the resources, but this is how it's going to be used. It needs to be used with integrity. Oh, sure, we can absolutely fund this. Because, you know, that's what the world do. 
They take their resources. Hey, why don't you go ahead and change this? And we're going to do it to bring God fame and glory. It's not manipulation. It's manifestation of his goodness. Why not you? And so what it is, God and his faithfulness, he's like, look, I just want to position you. Can you be positioned? So now here's the other thing that he's been challenging. He's like, so now in the summertime, because this is a time where people often kind of downshift and we kind of just, yeah, you know, I'm just going to chill out. Don't. It's not the time. When you vacation, yeah, go on vacation, be in that moment, but then understand when you get back, you got to get it. You got to get it. This summertime is very critical. Here's another scripture. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25. It says this, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. I'm going to read it again. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. We've been seeing ants all over the place. Thankfully, not inside the house. But outside of the house, we've been seeing these ants. They're like, man, where in the world are they going? And I've been so fascinated because they've been on the move. And they're small, but they're together. And guess what? They are in order. Their thinking is in order. They're touching base. Hey, boom, this is where the food is. Boom, this is where the food is. They're passing off the scent. Hey, this is where to get it. This is where, man, this is where the blessing is at. 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 This is where the, so now every ant now has the mindset, oh, we need to go in this direction. And they're going with the mindset. Here, here's the beautiful thing. They get a little taste, but then it's like, oh, good. Now we're going to come back for the family. Because even ants are thinking about their children's children. <laughs> the ants are people not strong, yet they prepare their food when? What season are we in right now? Summer. This is great for preparation because harvest is on the way for the prepared. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. This is dealing with our thinking. Because we got to make this practical. He who has a slack hand becomes poor. Is that practical? He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent. Now, this isn't talking about you just work yourself exhausted to the bone for money. That's not the case. But this is working with diligence. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. So this summer, our thinking has to shift. It's with wisdom. It's with the diligence of an ant. And I've been kind of sharing, but, uh, but I know the Lord's been training. When I was running yesterday, I felt good because now I realize that this was the first week my body has thankfully adjusted. My ankle hasn't been sore. This is the first week that I've actually gotten my six, a little bit over six miles in running this week. I was like, "Woo! thank you, God, because my body had to adjust. I was running in the wrong, good route, but on the wrong surface. And so I hurt my ankle, but I was like, man, I'm still just going to push through it because it's not like too bad. I can still run. So needless to say, I started doing that, and now I realize, I looked in the mirror the other day, I was like, okay. I was like, okay, we, we, we're making a little bit of progress. But then the Lord whispered to me, he's like, your body's responding to consistency. So now, even when I was doing push-ups, I was like, man, God, I'm, before I would be struggling to do 25. Now I'm doing like 40, 50 in a row. In, in a row, and it's like, yeah, because you started doing 25 more consistently. Just a little small. It seems so small, but it's so big because God's setting some. He wants to set some things up. So it's disciplining. My thinking. You got to have disciplined thinking because God is so wise in his stewardship that we have got to have disciplined thinking because Again, we don't want people out of order trying to tell other people how to get things in order. Talking about, yeah, I'm having dominion, and we out of order. 
God just not going to do that. He's smart. <laughs> what people have gone on their own, and you can look at the children of Israel, they're just like, well, man, you know what? Because Moses told him, he's like, look, don't go up. God is not with you. Don't go try to have dominion now because God is not with you. You've been disobedient. You've been complaining. Don't go up. They tried to go up and take dominion and got their tails whipped. And Moses is like, see, y'all all out of order. Trying to have dominion. And so, unfortunately, what has happened, the church has done things like that in the name of Jesus. All out of order. Even our own nation has experienced it, and not going into detail, but we've heard of manifest destiny to where they were killing people. It's like, hey, man, you know what? We're, we're trying to do things of that nature. And I, and I just believe that there's another way, another story, another time. But it was the right, right concept. But something was off. God's heart, it was something missing because people, their dominion got corrupt. Their thinking got jacked up. And so, again, he wants to get us in order so that way when we get into positions of influence and being able to direct things that we're not arrogant. That we understand it's like, hey, you know what, I'm an ambassador. I'm one that is sent. This is how we think. So, again, as I was reorganizing the basement, I'm getting food for thought. And it was so good to where... I'm, I'm listening to this audio book, and I'm sure I could have finished the basement a little bit faster, but the book was so good as I was listening to this. And I was like, man, and so now I've gotten these books. Um, you got Think and Grow Rich. You got uh, the greatest, I'm getting the title right now, but the one in, in Babylon. You got another one, The Richest Man in Babylon. Then it got another one that I'm actually reading, reading, is The, uh, the Richest Person That Ever Lived, talking about Solomon. And I'm like, oh, God. And you know what's happening? My thinking has been changing. That's the whole purpose. You know how you get phone calls, especially when you owe somebody something? Anyone ever have a phone call where you owe somebody money and you know the number and it's like, oh, Lord, I don't want to answer it. The Lord's like, is that integrity? So I'm like, yeah, I'm integrity. Yeah, it's really not. It's the little stuff. The Lord's like, man, how, how's your thinking? How's your thinking? How's, how's the planning? How's the preparation? This is the other thing um, that the Lord was telling me. He was like, man, you need to think ambidextrous. I'd never heard that type of phrasing before. I was like, thinking ambidextrous, what does that mean? This is what it means. In sports, there was three sports that, that he gave me illustration from because one, in my own life, I actually am kind of ambidextrous. I was supposed to be 100% left-handed. My dad is all the way left-handed. But because I went to school on military bases, and this is back in the day where they had those desks where they had the little arm on one side or the other, they didn't have any, they didn't have any desk for left-handed kids. So I distinctly remember, there's not a whole lot that I remember from my childhood, but I do distinctly remember teachers putting pencils and scissors in my right hand. So now, what wound up happening as I was coming up, I would start writing with my right hand, but the way that I held a pencil was like how a left-handed person would. I would still hold it like this, and my, my slanting would be the other way. And then over the years, I kind of started trying to change it a little bit, but someone... Uh, well, of course, of course, you type more nowadays, but someone that had noticed is like, man, you write like a left-handed person, but you're right-handed. I was like, yeah. Then I had to go into the whole spiel and the whole story. And so even when I play sports, I can eat left-handed left or right-handed. I, sometimes I just pick it up and not realize it. It's just, man, I thought you were this. Well, you know, I just kind of, whatever I just, whatever's in my hand. When I play sports, I do all of my sports left-handed. So now people that play basketball against me, they're like, yeah, 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 guard him on, guard him on his right, because most people are right-handed. So now when I go to the left, they're not used to defending that way, and then I'm able to score. Now here's one of the beautiful things about being ambidextrous. People in basketball, when you're ambidextrous, that means that you can dribble with your right hand just as well as you can dribble with your left. You can go to your right and score a layup at a basket with your right hand just as easily as you can do it with your left. What is an advantage for that? 
when someone goes up to block the shot, you are able to adjust and score. You're able to adjust and score. Here's another thing where um, in baseball, this is one thing that helped with my ambidexterity. In baseball, that same functionality is called being a switch hitter. My stance normally is like this, from the backhand with the left hand over the right. But then when I would play baseball, there were some occasions where I was like, man, you know what? Let me go ahead and switch it up. So now, and so this stance is just as natural. This stance is just as natural for me, and I just did an automatic switch with my right hand on top of my left, with my left hand right here. Here's one of the advantages of being able to do that. Now, I'm better on my left because I do it more. And the reason why I stand on my left more, and I'm in an advantage as a left-handed player on a baseball team because most of the pitchers are right-handed. What this position allows me to do is to be able to see the ball and what type of pitch is coming better. I can see if it's a curveball. I can see how the ball is spinning because now I'm on the opposite side, but I can see how they're trying to attack my position. So now if the pitcher is another one, now I can just stand, and now it's like, man, you know what? That pitcher doesn't have an advantage anymore because now I can stand on the other side of the plate. And still see. So now it's an advantage when you got someone that is ambidextrous or a switch hitter. A switch hitter throws people off. It's like, man, you know what? Because now a batter that's a switch hitter, and they're rare. But what you have to do is you have to literally train your thinking. You have to train your thinking and practice over and over and over and over and over again so that way you're just as good on one side as you are on the other. One more illustration, boxing. Now, again, for sports, my left hand is my strongest. This is, this is my knockout hand. This is my knockout hand. But what boxing does, most people are right-handed. So for people that are left-handed, they call them southpaw. So now when you're boxing and you're, you're playing against someone, if you're able to switch, now that makes it harder for them to detect where the punch is coming from. Now, mind you, all of these positions here, they're strictly offensive positions. So now when the Lord says, hey, I need you to think ambidextrous, meaning this, I need you to be more than just anointed. I need you to develop a skill set as well. I need you to be anointed with a skill set. I need you to be anointed with a skill set. You know, when they called for David, they say, hey, Saul, King Saul is in distress. And then he's like, bring me someone that can play skillfully. So he could be anointed, but if he couldn't play, can't play. That's one thing that even with Apostle, when he's dealing with young people, he's like, look, you can have all the grades in the world you want, but if you're not a good athlete, I can't help you in this field. Then you want to try to get a scholarship another type of way. Here's why. Where, where was it? Here we go. Skills provide access. The anointing makes the difference. Skills provide access. The anointing makes the difference. Skills provide access. The anointing makes the difference. So, again, that question, the Lord was like, what kind of man do you want to be? He's developing my thinking just even more so. And, again, just writing some things down, stuff that is already there. But what that question does, it cause, it's causing me to look up and to see what has been right there before me the whole time. You know, like that nozzle that was on that table. Because here's why. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, last one. As a man thinks within his heart, so is he. As a man thinks within his heart, so is he. So there's one of the beautiful things about the summertime, especially, you know, I'm even thinking for men. This is a great time to do stuff because ain't no sports to really watch. <laughs> Ain't no football. Baseball's in the middle of its boring season. Basketball is done. 
It's a great time to position ourselves and, and get some things together. It's a great time to connect uh, with wives and it's a good checkup point. It's that middle of the year season. It's like, okay, hey, how are we going to finish this year out? How are we going to finish? Let's get our thoughts aligned together. And then whatever, whatever dream, whatever things that you may have written out at the beginning of the year, it's like, man, you know what, let's just do a check-in and see where we are. Let's do a check-in and see where we are. And so I realized, and it's, it's not even coincidental because it's some stuff that you may have thought about, but I'm like, man, God, you know what, there were some things that I, it's like, man, you know, Lord, I did want to be able to get in shape. He was like, yeah, you've actually had that thought for years. I've had it written down for years, but I never really personalized it and made it concrete. Yeah, I've been meaning to do it, and what had happened was, but now I had a determination to do it. I've had that thought for years. To, here I had the book, The Walk of a Champion, and I released that a couple of years ago, but it was always supposed to have a music accompaniment with it. it was, it's a twins project, a book and music. Now, finally, because my thinking has been starting to get in order, doing the daily diligent things, the daily diligent routine things. Now, the creativity came and boom. One of the persons sent me a song, sent me the music, and I recorded like a real good, strong, rough draft, and he sent it back, and he just sent just a whole bunch of fire emojis. He was like, man, Walt. He actually had to call me. He's like, man, you never disappoint and I was like, I'm excited about this one. Because I'm like, I don't even sound like how I've sounded before. There's some anointment on this thing. But it's with skill. One thing when I played it for my wife, I played it for my girls because I had to check the young ones. They were like, they played in her headphones. They were like. I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. They cracked a little smile. They cracked a little smirk. So Terry, she's like, daddy, I like this. My wife, she listened to it. She started kind of smiling. You know, you know, she's a worshiper. It's amazing how she'll be worshiping to my rap song. She'll be like. <laughs> You're worshiping the rap. But she was like, you know, that's one thing that I can appreciate about you because when, when, when you rap, you're saying something and you can hear it. You can actually understand what's being said. You can articulate Oh, so now that skill set's going to be able to make a difference because they actually have a style now of rap that's popular called mumble rap. So the Lord had to change my thinking because now I'm seeing rappers that are my age that I knew when I was a young person that's like in the young to mid-40s. And he was like, yeah, so now is that thought out of your mind that you can't rap no more? I was like, oh, yeah, Lord, that's been gone. Let's do this. Let's do this and let's get some influence going on here for your glory. Let's get some people walking like champions the way that you would have them to walk up. Yeah. I'm so excited for people to hear it too, so. Yeah. And I didn't even realize, but now it's just even tying in. He's like, yeah, you had to get in shape because how are you going to be rap, rap and talking about? <sighs> hey, DJ, hold that track for a moment. <sighs> Let me get myself together. Because rapping takes a whole lot more energy because you're saying a whole lot more words. I can sing glory too, but rapping. You got all that together. And here's the thing. The Lord has me ambidextrous because I'll sing and rap in the same avenue, in the same venue. So when I'm done, I'm like tired. Because I like how to worship. You know, hit, the, hit them with the rap, and then with the worship, it's like, bam. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ambidextrous thinking. God's giving you two hands for a reason. Woo. Can we do a little bit of overtime right now? Can we do a little bit of overtime? I'm just thinking about Gideon right now. They had a pot with some oil and fire in one hand and a horn in the other. Threw the pot down, bam, blew the horn. Oh, I like the echo.
Now, mind you, they didn't have swords. But what did they shout? For the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. I think it was one other thing, but needless to say, it was the Lord and Gideon's name in the shout. And then the people that had covered the land, they got confused. It's like, man, see, this is the attack that that dude had a dream about. It's like, man, they here now. You going to make some noise this summer? You don't need a whole lot. They only had 300. Well, Lord, I need this. No, cut that out. All you need is what you got. Well, Lord, I was just trying to wait till this thing happened. Well, Lord, don't I need this? Make noise with what you got. I've been recording with something that's only $100 worth. And I remember before I had spent money ill-advised, I'd spent thousands of dollars on recording equipment. And realizing nine out of 10 people don't really care about how, quote unquote, how the detail don't sound, because I'm sitting here trying to be like professionals. And he was like, man, people just want to feel the music and hear what you're saying. So now, now I've been recording with something that says 100 bucks. And you know what I realized? My car is, makes a great sound studio booth. I was like, Lord, this sounds so good. So I've been recording in the car, and I've been playing back, and I was like, oh, man, Lord. I spent all that money before, and here I was driving in a studio the whole time. Yeah, you ain't look up and see what you had. But you got to change your thinking. And Pastor Gabe, he came over the other day, and he's, he was, you know, because we got the church van right now. And I was like, man, you know what? Doesn't a vehicle make a great, great studio? And he sat there, and he was like, oh, my God, yeah. He's like, man, this sounds good in here. I was like, I know, man. Thinking, when your thinking shifts, when your thinking changes, the stuff that you think you don't have or the stuff that you think you need, you realize you already got, really. You got to learn how to work and steward what you got, and then you can step into the next more. Don't even complain about that job. It's working something in you. Don't complain about the job. It's working something in you. Come on, Holy Ghost. It's overtime. <laughs> it's working something in you. It's teaching diligence. It's teaching the training. This is necessary for you. God's just teaching endurance. Yeah. But our thinking has to change. And here's the beautiful thing about it. We've all made mistakes and we've all dropped the key. The Lord's like, go back. Pick the key up. Let's do this. He's a good, good father. So despise not your chastening of the Lord. When God disciplines, when God corrects, when God gets on you, it's for a reason. Here's one other thing that the Lord, and, I, and I'm developing, he's like, listen to your wife more and more. She is anointed to help you. And she got a skill set you don't have. She's anointed and she's skilled. Listen to your wife. Because I have a tendency, it's just, it's just, it can be good to be independent, but at the same time, it could be negative, because then you be independent wrong. And I know that's wrong grammar, but it's intentional. You be independent wrong. I can say that. I graduated from college in communication. I know the correct way to say it. But you can be independent wrong. Meaning that you have the wrong thinking, and you don't want to submit it to anyone else to say, hey, what do you think about it? And then you wage war without proper counsel. What you 
Right, because you, you want to be doing what you want to be doing, and you just don't want the chance of someone having another idea that might prevent you from going in that direction. And that other idea isn't just theirs. It could be God speaking to you because you don't want to listen. Yeah. It's because he loves us. So husbands, just turn to your wife right now and say, baby, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. Uh, I'm going to listen. <laughs> say, I'm listening. No, tell her. Open your mouth and say it. Look her in the eyes and say, I'm listening. Wives, you don't have to say nothing. Just say, I've been praying for you to say that. <laughs> yeah. Baby, I'm listening. So that means you got to partner. You got to have some meetings. Let me keep going with this. You got to have some meetings to where if just, just let her talk. And then the discipline that comes out of her mouth is God, but you just. <sighs> okay, go ahead. I'm ready. Go ahead. Tell me. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to argue because I know you love me. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to survive. I know you love me more than anybody because I want to be a better leader. And I'm leading myself first. And I got to lead you next. And I'm shifting my thinking right now. Why? Because the Lord said, let them have dominion. You see why you can't be out of order by yourself talking about it's just my mess? When God was talking about dominion, he, was think, he wasn't just thinking about you. Let them have dominion. So covenant relationship, even for those that aren't married, you got friends that just be telling you the truth straight up, and you don't want to talk to them because they tell you the truth straight up, you intentionally have a conversation with them. It's like, okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. Just talk. What do I need to change? What do I need to work on right now? What do you see? How can I grow? What do you see? Because I'm seeing this from one perspective. What do you see? Amen. <laughs> yes, this is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. We all need medicine, but it's, it helps us. Someone just need to laugh right now because it do, do, it do if they're so good. <laughs> like medicine. <laughs> Woo! So now here's one of the things that you have to do as responsibility. Don't skip this message on the podcast. <laughs> but like, nope, I got it once. No, this is what you need to do again. I'm going to share one more thing that they do. You, you know what they do in the summertime? It actually comes up in August. Uh, but for high school football players, they have something called two-a-days. In the heat of the summer, to where they practice in the morning. And I remember the first time I experienced two-a-days when I was playing football in high school, because I never played before until high school. And I was like, man, we got full-on practices two times a day. The first practice, I was done. We'd eat lunch, because, you know, I was driving, so my friends, we'd all eat lunch, and I'm exhausted. And we had to go back again to practice some more with the same level of intensity. That first week was hellish. Because my body and mind had never experienced anything like that. You come home one day, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I realized, eh, eh, eh. My parents are like, you got to get up. It's 6 in the morning. It's like, you got to be at practice at, like, 7. I was like, I don't want to do it. But it's like, look, if you're going to be better, you're going to do it. So two-a-days, and then eventually it trains you. It trains your body. It shocks your body, but it trains you. So then after the first week, that next week, it's like, okay, yeah, we good. All right, what do we need to learn? My body's good now. Now it's just training our mind in repetition over and over again. So needless to say this, all of us, this summer is two-a-days summer. What are we feeding ourselves in the morning? And then before we go to sleep, do it two times. Two times. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> two a days. Two a days. <laughs> I 
I'm just having this funny thought right now. We just need to send out a text message to everyone. Six in the morning, I'm going to be on the video. Hey, what are you doing right now? Are you up? What you doing sleep? Summertime. Let's go, ants. Send you another text in the same day that night. Hey, put that remote down. I'm glad you picked up this text. Click on it. I should be out in a field with a whistle to high school field. Hey. Answer this text. <laughs> you know who it is. You know what time it is. Don't be scared. Let's get it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's pick up the pace. Let's intensify. Dominion thinking. Dominion thinking. Why? You can't have a name like Sir Walter Scott III and whatever your name means and not have dominion. Here's another thing. God named you his. That's enough right there. <laughs> right. You're my beloved, and I have dominion all for you. So we ready to shift? We ready, family? Let's stand. <laughs> so now when you tell somebody your dreams, when you tell somebody what you've been working on, don't be mad if they check up on you. You'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm telling you, I was in this group, group text for the fitness. I, I just need to send one out again. But every time I, I wanted to send a picture, but, you know, I've been doing it. I've been doing my run. I just got just to gotta send a, a group text to everyone again and just be like, hey, you know, this is what I did. This is what I did. This is a beautiful thing. Oh, last thought. The app that I've been using, it says Map My Run. So it tracks where I've been and my progression. And I'm able to share my updates with people. And this app in particular is from the company called Under Armour. I just had to say that because I like that name, Under Armour. So now it's been tracking my progression, and as I'm running, it tells you an estimate of how many calories you may have burned. And I'm sure I've been, been doing more, and yesterday was a, was a, was a hard run because it was in the heat. So again, I'm going to push myself the same route. I got to a certain point. It's like, man, you know, I ain't going to be stupid. Let me just walk for, just for a little bit because it was a whole lot. So I walked because it was a whole lot, and I was like, all right, let's run again. The body burned a little bit differently in the heat. But then when I was finished, I was like, man, God, I feel so good. Refresh myself so now I could rest. Why could I enjoy the rest? Because I worked. And I had the key <laughs> to get in the house to rest. Father, we bless you. We thank you. You are so good, Lord. You are so good, Lord. You are so good, Lord. We thank you, God, for chastising me. We thank you for loving us. We thank you that you have dominion on your mind, therefore it's on our minds. We thank you, God, for changing our thinking. We thank you, God, for correcting God and helping us to get things in order in the name of Jesus. To that, Lord, we say yes. We agree, God. We agree. We agree in the name of Jesus. Now just turn to someone and say, we're going to do this. We gonna do this. We gonna do this. We gonna do this. We gonna do this. I tell you this. I just sense that you're gonna be a totally different person in the next 90 days. Your finances are gonna look different in the next 90 days. Here's one thing that I'm just going to share uh, that the Lord was just reminding me. He's like, son, you're dealing with leaders. He said, son, you're dealing with leaders. So it's like, talk to them as leaders. Talk to them as leaders. And here's the thing that, well, another thing that we're going to kind of shift a little bit, but we're going to camp out a little bit more just dealing with our thinking. Why? Because you know, before we go to our next place and start uh, being a blessing to even more new people, we got to be able to be in a flow and understand who we are and have the right thinking and the together thinking. Right? Because God's got harvest on his mind. 
So is it okay? Because I, I was like, Lord, it's like, man, God, because he's already mapped out some stuff that I was just thinking, thinking for next year. It's like, I already had planned talk about this. He's like, no, do this now with your leaders, you. Like, let's deal with our minds now as leaders, how we think with our mindsets so that what we have, because Egypt can't go with us. In transition, Egypt cannot go with you into the land of promise. Yeah. 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 No form of Egypt. No form of bondage. No form of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of them old boxes. Get rid of them old moldy boxes. Amen. I know there's already deliverance that's taking place even now, just with the word. Just with the word. So now just do this. Just lay your hands on your mind. This is the brain area, but we know the mind is. <laughs> so now we're just going to say this something just real simple. I'm just hearing this right now, just this one part of the phrase. But you can just say, Lord, I am allowing, I am letting the whole mind of Christ be in me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bless him.